Thank you for tuning into the Monocle Dynasty Podcast, where we keep an eye on Dynasty football. Your hosts dive deep on players, rankings, strategies, and much more. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Monocle Dynasty. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the Monocle Dynasty Podcast, where we keep an eye on Dynasty football. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A, and I made it back within a few days. I was inspired to get behind the mic again pretty quickly and talk about who we're going to be talking about tonight and that is Gabriel Davis obviously someone that everyone's been talking about whether they hate him or love him and everything in between on Twitter you know on podcasts on just about everything and he's just a very polarizing player because of what he's done when he's been on the field so I wanted to dedicate today to a Gabriel Davis take it or leave it let's go ahead and dive in As a prospect, Gabriel Davis was my 16th ranked wide receiver in the 2020 draft class, and he had similar scores to Devin Duvernay and Isaiah Hodgins. Not the greatest sign, but they were all in Tier 7, which has a historical hit rate of 4.21%. That hit rate is talking about them having a wide receiver 24 or better season at any point in their career. 4% rate, basically. In his rookie season, Davis averaged 29.7 routes, 3.8 targets, 2.2 receptions, 32.8 receiving yards, and 56 air yards per game in that 2020 season. He played in 16 games and started 11, and that turned into a grand total of 599 receiving yards, 17.1 yards per reception, 7 touchdowns, and a grand total of 136.9 PPR points, which was good for wide receiver 56 in 2020. So he wasn't a bum. He he put up some points for you, but not anyone that you're going to be overly excited for and a wide receiver five when it's all said and done. Then we get into 2021. In his sophomore season, it started off with a concerning trend, and that was he wasn't in the starting rotation. He only started four games the entire season, and he averaged only a 32.4% route participation rate during weeks 1 through 13. In that time, he had only a 7.2% target share and averaged 2.6 targets, 1.6 receptions, and 28.5 yards, with 33.9 air yards per game. He had 71.2 PPR points during weeks 1 through 13, which was good for wide receiver 72 during that time period. So not exactly the trend that we're looking for if you're a big Gabriel Davis truther. Now the main reason for his benching, and I'm doing air quotes, seems to be Emmanuel Sanders, who was brought in during the 2021 offseason. Sanders started 13 of 13 games to start the season and averaged an 87.5% route participation rate with a 15.6% target share during that time. Should we write off Gabe Davis just because he couldn't beat out a 34-year-old Sanders? That is really the question that we need to be asking here. But let's go ahead and look at the rest of the season first. In week 14, Emmanuel Sanders had a substantial knee injury, which knocked him out of the starting lineup, and he missed a couple of games. After that, Gabe's route participation skyrocketed to 87% during weeks 14 through 17. We don't look at final week stats here, so get the hell out of here with that week 18 shit. He had a 16.8% target share. He averaged six targets, 4.3 receptions, and 56 yards with 69.7 air yards per game during that time frame. 
Unfortunately, Gabriel Davis contracted COVID before week 16, and so he was unable to play, which makes this an even smaller sample size than what it would have been. But he was asymptomatic, so I really don't believe that it affected his games going forward. Now, when we're looking at this small sample, the biggest thing that stands out is his 23.1% touchdown rate. That's extremely high and something that we would expect to regress closer to like the 8% NFL average over the course of an entire season. Even if we assume that Davis is an above average touchdown scorer, we can still expect pretty major regression there. But we're analyzing his 2021 numbers right now, so let's go ahead and see how he scored during those weeks. Davis had 47.8 PPR points during weeks 14 through 17, which was good for wide receiver 24 during that time period. Now, I know what you're saying, and that's not where the season ended for Gabriel Davis. Buffalo had two postseason games that we can look at as well, and that's what we're going to go ahead and do now. In the wild card round against New England, Davis had three targets and two receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown, good for 12.1 PPR points. It was the game against Kansas City that everyone remembers, though. A, because it was a, uh, an amazing football game, and B, Gabe had eight receptions for 201 yards and four touchdowns. That amounted to a, a whopping 52.1 PPR points in one game, only 19 points less than what he scored in the 13 weeks to start off the season. <laughs> the prevailing theory, right or wrong, is that Kansas City was extremely depleted in the secondary during that game, which is true, but I honestly don't care about that part. What I'm seeing is that he at least has that type of game in his range of outcomes. So we have to consider that, but at the same time, we can't forget about the first playoff game where he only had a couple of receptions and 41 yards. So if we combine the two games, he averaged six and a half targets, five receptions, 121 yards, and two and a half touchdowns. That's a pretty damn nice stat line, I'm not gonna lie. But once again, we come back to the touchdown rate. In those two games, he scored a touchdown on 50% of his receptions. If you thought the 23.1% rate was crazy, then I don't know what you're going to think about the 50% rate. So why don't we go ahead and try to make the small sample from earlier and the small sample here a little bit bigger by combining the weeks 14 through 17 and then the two playoff games as well and see what we come up with. We get an 81.86% route participation rate, 6.2 targets, 4.6 receptions, 82 yards, and 1.6 touchdowns per game. Those weeks add up to 112 PPR points or 22.4 points per week, which would have been good for wide receiver two over the course of the entire season. Now that's of course with a 34.78% touchdown rate. So once again, I don't think it's very realistic to assume that that's what he's going to be. It was just more of a, a small sample fluke that is probably not going to continue, or I can actually say is not going to continue. <laughs> so now that we've gone over exactly what happened last year, let's get into projecting him for this season. Rather than focusing on the touchdown rate, which we've already done quite a bit on, let's look at the things that we can actually expect to stay around the same. In those five weeks, Gabriel Davis averaged a 17.18% target share. If we add in his full season catch rate of 65.3%, and then we take Josh Allen's average from the last two seasons of 609 attempts, we would expect Gabe to have somewhere around 105 targets, 69 receptions, nice, and 1,124 yards. At that point, if we give him an average touchdown rate, we could expect about six touchdowns. That would come out to 217.4 total PPR points, 
or 12.78 points per game, which would have been good for wide receiver 30 last year. Now, if we go back to assuming that he's just really good at catching touchdowns and he's going to have an above average rate, let's go ahead and give him his career average of 18.5%, which is pretty wild. But let's just hey, let's just hope and uh, assume here he would end up with 13 touchdowns and a total of 259.4 PPR points, which is 15.258 points per game and would have been good for wide receiver 16 on the season last year. Now, if I was being forced to bet on where I would expect him to finish, I'd put my money somewhere in the middle or right around like wide receiver 24. Now, I'm not going to lie. This projection is a lot higher than where I was expecting it to end up. So I really might need to adjust my ranks a little bit. But I also think it shows us that Gabe needs to take a massive step forward in in order to become a true fantasy stud. The other thing that makes this risky is that we're also assuming that he stays around an 80% route participation rate, which is definitely not guaranteed. But when you consider that we have an old and busted Jameson Crowder as like his main competition, I don't really think that they're going to go back now that they've seen what Gabe can do when given the opportunity. At the same time, I don't really see much room for growth with Gabe as As long as Diggs is there, we can expect a highly volatile wide receiver two or maybe even a wide receiver three, but he will have the chance of winning you a week. He's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 35 in Dynasty Startups, so I'd actually say he's about properly valued when you consider some of the risk projecting him as a starter, but the question is going to be how your league mates feel about him more than anything else. Some people are thinking he's going to make this huge jump into becoming like a top 12 wide receiver. And some think that he's going to go back to like the weeks one through 13, where he has more of the 40% route rate. Like I said before, I'm leaning towards him continuing on around an 80% rate with just much less efficient numbers than what he was doing during those time periods. If you already have Gabriel Davis on your team, you're probably better off holding right now. I, I only have him in one league but just from what I've gauged from sending offers and and trying to get them thrown into deals, no one's truly valuing him, at least in that league, uh, like I would want, like what I would want to receive. And that was actually before I even did this, uh, did this research. And and now I'm moving them up my ranks. So uh, if I couldn't get what I wanted before, I'm definitely not going to get it now. Now, If you don't have them, there's honestly a couple of guys that are being drafted around him that I would easily trade for Gabriel Davis. Those players are Sky Moore, Brandon Ayuk, and George Pickens. The upside with Davis just seems so much higher, at least for the season. And then you can always trade back for those players after what I would expect is a fall from their current value. But some actual trades that have gone down that I've found in, in recent history are uh, somebody traded him away for Devin Singletary, Wondell Robinson, and a 23 second. I'm honestly very happy making that trade. Uh, I would go ahead and, and take the, the package there. You know, while I do see some upside with Gabriel Davis, I think that the upside in Wandale getting the 23 second and Devin Singletary, you know, is going to be a running back that you can use this season for the very least. So I'd easily take the package side right there. Another one was Baker and a third in a one QB league. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, A, don't play in one QB leagues, but also uh, B, don't play in one QB leagues. Now, this is what I was just talking about. There's another one where Gabriel Davis and a 23 third 
were traded for George Pickens. So and on this side, I just got done saying that I would easily take Gabriel Davis over Pickens, and you're getting a third thrown in on top. Um, honestly, I kind of expected that you would have had to throw in a third or, or maybe even a little bit more to get Davis from the Pickens manager, but that's not the case here. So, uh, yeah, I definitely would do that one. Another one was uh, Gabriel Davis was sold with a 22 third and fourth for a 23 first. Definitely on board with doing that. Go ahead and get the 23 first at that point. And there's obviously more, but I guess the point is I like him. I like him more than I thought I was going to like him. But if you can use him to move up a tier or, you know, get into the, like the true wide receiver twos with, you know, actual shots at being wide receiver ones at some point, or if you can get a 23 first, if you can do all of those things, do it now, do it as soon as you can. Uh, because I think he will be decent. I think he's going to have, like, like I said, weak winning games. The question is going to be how bad are the weeks in between and how often are those games going to come into play? So I know I'm kind of in between here, and that's not as fun as a lot of the take it or leave it's that I've done in the past, where I've been like completely on one side or the other with the player. But you know, unfortunately, with him being such a polarizing player, it, like I said, it's going to really come down to how your league mates really feel about him more than anything else. So start gauging interest, start looking into uh, you know how if you can make certain offers for him if you don't have them, and vice versa if you do. Let me know if you end up making any trades. Let me know what you think about this pod. And obviously anything else you want to talk about, slide in the DMs. I love hearing from you guys. I love the feedback. I will be back as soon as possible with another pod. Uh, as you can tell, sometimes it might be a couple weeks. Sometimes it might be a couple days. It's just whenever I'm, uh, I'm inspired and I'm able to get behind the mic. But for now, I'm cashing out. Yeah.